Well, over here in uh, uh, Direct, pardon my pronunciation, Amsterdam, as it were, they're doing the thing which, you know, in the States, you're familiar with this, where, like, the uh, they dig up the streets, and they're doing something with all the stuff underneath there, right? Like, I don't know, they got some pipes, some wires, whatever's going on. Now, the difference over here, I think actually, you know, coming from the, uh, there's a bunch of rock underneath the surface that you got to deal with there in central Texas. Like, digging up the streets, big deal, right? Plus... Again, you can see where maybe you can see where I'm going to go with this. Plus, we have sidewalks that are made of concrete, so just one big thing of poured concrete, right? We got the roads that are asphalt that are also like kind of a big deal. Now over yeah. here, and and then so we got we got the limestone underneath there, layered with more rock that you got to deal with and then re put in. Now over here, they've got some interesting, uh, uh, you know, um, sub not subdermal, you know, just sub-street level situation going on, Subterrain. which I think is kind of a fascinating thing. So what they're doing here, I'm going to start with the typical thing that the, from an American perspective, you would complain about happening in the States. I think what's happened is that they have been laying fiber optic around the neighborhood. And mm-hmm. there are at least three different network providers. I use Zigo. Uh, and I guess they do it over cable, but it's like gigabit or whatever. I don't, I don't know any of this stuff, whatever. And then T-Mobile uh, came and laid uh, fiber, because I, not fiber. Wait, am I saying the right thing? Fiber optic, yeah. yes. Fiber optic cable, yeah. Like glass laser yeah. shit. And, yes. and, and, and someone came to our door and they, they uh, you know, they said it was going to be 45 <clears throat> euros a month. And I would get not only gigabit upload, I mean, sorry, gigabit download, but also gigabit upload. So right. I was like, symmetrical good. streams, yeah, yeah. So great. I was like, uh-huh. sure, cool. That's better than what I got with Ziggo. Sounds good. And 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 then of course they signed me up through it. And this is very typical Netherlands. They were like, and this was in, I want to say early November. They were like, oh great, we'll call and schedule something for March. And I was like, uh, okay. Bye. Wait, they're not going to put you without high speed till then, are you? No, no, no. Like they, they would actually, you know, I'll, I'll continue using my current thing, but for whatever gotcha. reason, gotcha. they can't do it till March. And it's I just thought you of... already had the killer fiber optic connection. I do, so I do, but I, I don't have it's it's uh, it's asymmetric. I've oh, got okay. like I've got like forty five upload or something instead of just mm. a, a gig. Sounds like sounds like me. Yeah, yeah, and so. So I don't know. We'll see if something happens there. I have no idea. I think by the time T-Mobile, I mean, Brandon knows what's going to happen here. Is T-Mobile is going to send me like some emails and call me and like send me a letter for like three years and I just, nothing will happen because yeah. I'll just Well, if it was Google Fiber, that's exactly what it would be. They just oh. keep sending stuff about how it's going to come. It's like, it's been over a decade. Yeah. They just keep <laughs> sending emails and they're like, have you signed up? Like, will you, it's like, or same thing. AT&T, I think five years into advertising gigabit internet that's not available. It's awesome. It's like, oh, oh no, no. I'm, I mean, I mean, huh? I'm the one. They're going to be like, we, we're, we're outside oh. right now, ready to install it. And yeah. Just and you're going to be, be like, like, I can't do it. I, I, yeah. something came up i'm in luxembourg yeah, yeah it'd be I'm like you know it. i just finally sat down and i'm reading like the new york review of books uh this week <laughs> and like i'm kind of in the middle in a really cool review of like a book about the color yellow so and, sorry. and you definitely need gigabit download gigabit upload for that <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so anyways so we got that and, and then uh, so I guess they dug up for that a little while ago, right? And then uh, I think this week, 
I think the KPN people, and KPN is like the AT&T of the Netherlands, right? I think it mm-hmm. used to be like the whatever. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all demonopolized long ago. But KPN came in, and I think they laid down cable. So mm-hmm. I've got this like God, this. I mean, I can't, just hearing this makes me jealous. You have three different cables <laughs> in the neighborhood. Well, I, mean, I think I think, I think we only have providers. I think this we only incredible. have we have two fiber and one cable. Right. What so, is going on? How is this possible? Wait, 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 wait. Brandon, are you saying that Australia has left frog here? Because <laughs> I've got I've already there got is, gigabit. There's down. not a fiber optic cable in Northwest up. Austin. Let me tell you that there. I mean, it is just there's it is a, a fiber wait, desert how, up here. What, what's your connection, though? It's got to be uh, pretty old fast. school spectrum cable coax. Yeah, know? but how fast? One gig. Oh, you can get up to one gig down and like 25 up. Something slow. Up. Oh, my gosh. Brandon. It's not good. So got, so anyway, you got so, beat by NBN. So so here here's here's you're you're reminding me of another strange thing. So we have if you go outside of our door right now, there is and it might actually be T like the T-Mobile pink color. There's some mm-hmm. pinkish color like wire that's uh-huh. just like poked up straight out up. of the dirt. All right, Kote, it's kind of like Joe. You're gonna have to go out there and take a photo and send it to me. <laughs> I want to see it. Okay, so we got that. We've had that for a while, and then oh this week. Gosh. This week they came in and they tore up the sidewalk, which is the part that I want to get to. And at the end of my sidewalk at the street, there's like a teal blue cable just popping up out of the sidewalk, also tied up. So first of all, oh like, is that how fiber works? You can just like, yeah, stick it up there and it's cool. I mean, that is, that's, that's a great technology. So terminated eventually. I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, when you're just laying it out. And, and so good. now I have two tied off, like fiber things in my zone Ready here. To go. Yeah. But what I wanted to comment on is like, so normally if I were to go over that for back there in Austin, it would just be like, Oh my God, that would be a nightmare, right? You're going to tear up the streets. You're going to have to dig into there. And then after that, you've got to come lay the asphalt. And like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like mm-hmm. a whole big thing. Correct. But here, these have been two separate operations. And I've been thinking about this is madness that they've done it twice. However, I've got a theory. And again, this is one of my, like, I haven't verified anything. I'm just a, a visitor here. But like, so if you look under, there's what the first thing is the first layer for both the street that I'm on and the sidewalk is that it's, modern day cobblestone so it's these little like bricks that fit together right it's not like a poured concrete thing and so like it's actually really easy to remove these these bricks and just put them back like you can do a little lego kind of thing just like yeah yeah Yeah, they get a little lego picker and you get you get one of those big machines that like some guy holds and it goes so they thought ahead there's some there's some kind of conduit kind of like right i like these modern cobblestones now now what makes it even more ingenious and i saw them do this all in one day right like we woke up one day and there were all, not all the, there were like several workers on our street and they had pulled up the cobblestones and they had like a little ditch digger. And here's the, here's the killer thing that Austinites will not understand. You know, what's underneath the cobblestone fucking sand. It's just sand. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and so like you just dig out a trench of the sand, right? Yeah. And then here's the crazy thing. So they've got a, they've got a big to do out on my street over here. Like it's, that's been going on for a while. There's all, it's madness over there, but it's also cobblestone. It's also sand. And like, I'm pretty sure what they do with the fiber optic wires is they dig out the sand mm-hmm. and they just lay down the wires and then yep. they put sand on top of it. There's not even like a fucking pipe that they go. Yeah. In. yeah no, it's yeah. already, it's you know, just when like, they lay it, 
already uh, wrapped to be di- yeah no sure. yeah but but yeah. so there's just like a bundle of of fiber yeah. optic cable that goes from like the box on the sidewalk to each of the mm-hmm. houses, and I'm just like what? seems like a dream. It's like a That's dream the, come true. Like it seems like it like that it wouldn't work. Like you put the dirt on, t- and it's just it's it's almost like if you would imagine like really tough Christmas tree lights, mm-hmm. and you were to string them underneath the the the, the you know, in the sand and you put the sand on top. Like you don't even, you don't need anything else. Well, how far down? Like at three feet? Is it, do you think the, the trench is three feet? You know what? I, I should go take a picture of this to see like. Because the complaint. The water. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, like, isn't there a point where like you dig too far and you're like, oh, everything's it's, it's, got well. Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, if, yeah. if I were to stand in, well, okay. So the trench on my street, if you were to stand on that trench, mm-hmm. it would come up to like below my knee. So that trench is not very deep. Now you go out to the main street, this trench they have. They have a deep trench, but the fiber optic cable is still only about knee deep down, mm-hmm. right? So it's all not right. that deep. Now they got all sorts of other business going on in that trench out there. I don't know what they're doing. They got a they got a water pump over there, like big action uh, out there. But but my whole point here is that like uh, like I that, I think that's the key. Like what we've been doing wrong back in Austin is like we should have had sand underneath everything. And then, and then it'd be a lot easier to, to do subterranean work. Hey, uh, just one final thing before we wrap it. Could, could you just tell that crew when they finish to come over to Austin? This episode is sponsored by The New Stack. Looking for more conversations about software development, deployment, and management? Subscribe to The New Stack Makers podcast right now. Hosts include The New Stack's founder, Alex Williams, and other veteran journalists with a history of covering enterprise technology. Be sure to check out the New Stack Makers podcast soon to catch season two of the Tech Founder Odyssey series. The series talks to founders with a software engineering background who share their stories about how they got started, what their entrepreneurial journey has been like, and how they've managed the obstacles along the way. Full video versions of each episode and more great content is available on the New Stack's YouTube channel. And you can visit thenewstack.io for all the latest news and analysis that make life easier for people who build and manage software. What are you waiting for? Subscribe to the New Stack Makers right now. And of course, we thank the New Stack for sponsoring our show. Well, there's a lot going on up in Chicago this week. I think up I think the water. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh let's just let's just fully succumb to it and let the warm ocean water wash us over and just revel in in the missives that uh that the the uh the DHH guy has been sending out. Now, just to catch everyone up. Uh, I think what happened is uh, Suse Rancher told them it was going to cost them $2 million to run Kubernetes. And I have to imagine, uh, you know, someone went to uh, like like a closet and just like yelled, closed himself. <laughs> and then I, and I think some, some I think some of the uh, some some of the, the 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 base camp 37 signals people came back. They just like they smoothed out their shirt and they were like, the all right. Let's uh, let's work on an alternative to this because I I don't want to give a lot of that money to uh, to run Kubernetes. And then they were like, "All right, we're spending a lot of money. It looks like potentially like you know five seven million dollars. I don't know much uh, on 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 Amazon to run this stuff. That doesn't seem right. So instead, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to uh, repatriate things. Uh, we're gonna buy a bunch of stuff. I mean, the the Dell people have to be just like high fiving down there in Austin. Like we're gonna. I, although it's probably the the regional six hundred thousand dollars. That's what's coming their way. Six hundred thousand yeah, yeah. uh, hardware order. The, yep. the marketing people, I have to say, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe the reps are like still got to make my number. I don't know what you're talking about. Like these uh, these other Chicago companies that keep dragging their feet, but these guys over here love them, right? Yeah. So like I don't know what number the. 
However, like you got to imagine by categorization, 37 signals is a, a tiny account. So whoever, like whatever rep or inside salesperson is covering that, they're getting a boat, right? Like <laughs> cool for them. Uh, so, you know, so they're, they're basic, like Dell's got some great marketing going here because they're going to buy a bunch of Dell hardware. Uh, and uh, what is it about 600K of servers or some calculations for this. But Mm -hmm. basically the, the thing is the theory that our, our DHH has put out here for, 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 uh, and I apologize to Aaron for, Hey, uh, is that, uh, they're going to be able to save, I think it was $7 million over Over five five years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Five years. Uh, Mm -hmm. by running it on their own. And it's going to be now uh, your, your old friend, uh, Matt Ray, Adam Jacobs had a tweet thread analyzing this slightly. It sounds like, correct me where I'm wrong, but I, but I think they have, they have a rack, but then that's their primary, and they also have two other racks for redundancy in some other like. Yeah, I think it's four somewhere. racks total. I think it's two and right, two. Right. two. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole point is that they are cutting their costs by, by moving to, um, like, uh, did we used to say, do, do we still say colo? I don't know if managed service. But sure. They're, they're moving to a colo where some people manage their racks for, hey, uh, their their email thing, which which seems nice, like that sounds great. So, uh, now Brandon, I want to yes. ask you: Does this mean the public cloud is over? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think according to DHH, for uh, SaaS services of their size, I, of equivalent workloads, it's over. I think he is uh, taking. Uh, the strongest position possible to say that, uh, and it, it we'll talk about maybe in a second, because uh, in addition to posting this, he posted his five principles. Oh, uh, uh, you got to pace it out, um, Brandon. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to be here for a while. Settle in, everyone, get a drink. Uh, so, you know, I I think the point is, and I, I think if you just kind of come out to this, I think this original post, my original reading of this one was sort of like, it felt pretty measured. It was like, okay, over five years, let's just take all the assumptions you put in here, right? Like, Workload's pretty static. They don't expect much growth. They don't see a lot of value in any kind of elastic bursting or reduction of, you know, servers. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk anything about dev tests. So I don't know. Either they've got that figured out or they, you know, maybe they'll use the cloud. Maybe they wouldn't. Um, we also Test talked about getting, getting five years out of the software. But they also said that in some cases they feel like they could get up to seven years out of the hardware Ooh. as well. That's so make Adele happy. Right. And it's like, okay, so it's like this a little bit of buying, leasing a car, right? It's like, okay, like I know what I need. Um, they even kind of say in here too, it also says that, you know, that for they can put together, put aside something on the, like around, let's say, because it even says here in round numbers, let's call savings a million and a half dollars per year, put aside half a million to unforeseen expenses over the period. Okay, and that's good. still $7 million saved over five years. So it's like, Okay, right? But I think it's one of those things. It's almost like self-insurance. You're like, I can see how they got there. I think with a lot of assumptions here and if everything went pretty much perfect, right? I think they could realize the savings, right? But I think when you push into this, because he's also said that they didn't have to add any staff at all, right? And it's like, feels a little bit surprising, right? At least that staff would maybe have to at least be retrained a little bit or like there's got to be some type of cost, right? Like the staff gets retrained or they're not doing other things like that. Um, but you can kind of see like, okay, you know, figure it out, like about a million dollars. And then the, the question I have is like, and I, that I would love to know is just like, what's their top line revenue? So mm. couldn't really find anything on 
that was publicly available for 37 signals. I'm guessing like 10 to $20 million, right? Right. You so, might, you might be able to calculate it because they might have mentioned how many users they have and you, you have to pay or you get the fucking yeah, and then they have base camp, RF on hey. Right. And they've got base camp too. So there's like, I don't know. So I just don't know. <laughs> oh, so that's maybe, true. That's true. So maybe. You know, if you're saving 10%, like if, you know, maybe they could get to that million dollars. Maybe they are saving 10%. And again, it's sort of like with a lot of these assumptions built in is like, I could see maybe you would get there. Now, the other thing that I think is interesting, of course, they're not actually leaving the cloud because they can't get oh, uh, all I, of their storage off. So that's mm-hmm. still another like little uh, S3, I guess, is they're, they're still using. So, so I guess you kind of look at it. You're like, I didn't think it was crazy. I didn't think the calculations were crazy. I just thought to myself, you're just making a lot of assumptions. You're taking on more risk, which maybe totally makes sense for their business, but you've sort of boxed yourself in, right? If anything changes, you know, you could quickly find yourself paying more uh, than you expected. Matt, I think well, you want to say something. Yeah, I, I think that was that was one of one of the points. Is like, yes, nothing's probably going to change. I mean, this is a fairly static app. You know, it's not like you know they're you know. Hey, isn't going to pivot to something um, like overnight, right? It's emails, email, right? They, the workloads are fairly not that di- not dynamic. Uh, you know, they know they know what it's going to look like in one year, two years, three years. You know, you can throw in some growth numbers or whatever, and they probably have capacity for days with this much hardware. Um, so, you know, unless their hosting provider jacks their prices up or something like that, they're probably fine. And and, and I think that was. <clears throat> That was kind of one of the points of of Adam Jacobs' take on it was like, well, you know, maybe you didn't belong in the cloud in the first place, or mm. you know, maybe maybe you're not clouding right if if you feel like you're you know you can't be more efficient in your usage. Um, that that's how I took it. I, I was kind of like, well, is repatriation always the right answer? Maybe you should like look at your workloads, and there are ways to do static workloads cheap and or cheaper. You know, do you have to be on AWS? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure Oracle, you know, their marketing would have jumped at the opportunity to have, you know, to host Hey and uh, oh yeah, and uh, Basecamp and or you know anybody would have, anybody would have. This and is instead- a good point, Matt Ray. Where was the Oracle rep? Like, <laughs> like what? What are That's they doing? It's a good question. Where's the Oracle rep? Uh, you, you everybody know, wants it, to hear from Oracle sales. So, right, I, think so that- I, I, I think th- this is this is how I'm trying to think through this this first phase of this is. And we talked about this the last time, uh, you know, we talked about what's going over there in, in Chicago. And I feel like what we might have here is a best case scenario for how much it costs to run an app, right? And, and you know, I, it, you know, again, we don't really exactly know the numbers, but I'm sure if we did some research or Google searching or Bing searching, whatever it is we'll be using, we could find out, like, we could have a rough idea of the workload and kind of profile. I mean, you could probably just, like, start a Twitter thread and get them to do this stuff. I mean, really, as a side note, what they need <laughs> to do, GPT. what they should really do is, I don't know if they use Excel or, like, Apple Numbers. I don't know what their deal is. But, like, they, they just, like, the next thing they need to do is just publish the spreadsheets. And, like, that would be great. Just publish your PowerPoint presentations and your spreadsheets or your memos or whatever. Just Just dump it all. Put it up in archive.org just for posterity, right? But I I think what we could establish here is like for a relatively complex, uh, high-scale application, this is the baseline for running it, right? And whatever that baseline is, like on the one hand, 
uh, I mean, I mean, they've kind of run through the total cost for things, right? Like what it costs. And I think based on that, you know, you can get a better understanding of like how much it costs to run apps, which I think would be incredibly valuable, right? And again, this is kind of like, let let's let's do that. This is the best case scenario. The scenario, the people who are in it for adventure, which we'll get to, and and they're really like they're trying hard, right? These are the people who are as as uh, as um, the guy over there in California, and sometimes Austin would put it. These are the hardcore people, right? And so, you know, if if we if we let's add like a fifteen to twenty percent um, uh, increase in it. And that's what uh, the rest of us who would like to go home on time and not have to worry about this shit, like, and sleep under our desk, that's what we should be paying for an app, right? And so once we have that, I think we can finally, the spreadsheets will be complete, right? We're kind of like <laughs> Dune Messiah, right? Everything will be cool. We got it sorted out. And, and so that's what makes me excited about this is finally we have a number per app. And then we can go to the larger accounts and we can be like, all right, cool, for hey. And I'm I'm not clear if Basecamp is included in this. If, no, it is. I think thing. I think that's their whole thing. I mean, at least okay. the numbers they say because they said they spent uh, three point two total, and they're ba- basically for backing out a million for everything. And they're backing out a million, saying a million stays with S three. Okay, so, so it's two apps. So, so at so least we divide it by two million. Yeah, so two point three here just to give you the thing. So at least two point right. three million on everything else: app servers, cache servers, database servers, search servers, the works. Right, right, right. And, and okay, so, so we do the division there, and then we know what it costs per an app, which is great, because then you go to the larger we got to be careful there. We know what these two apps, like this is a real, I mean, this is the I, part I mean, that's you know, complicated. We're doing, yeah. we're doing some baselining here. We're going to do a Monte yeah, yeah. Carlo thing where we've got the graph that has that, <laughs> that, that like gray, like 30% translucent like yeah. thing going through the middle and be like, it's somewhere in this range. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then, and then so we can go to a company that has like 500, 2,000 apps, and we'll be like, I guess this is your budget, right? Like this is, this is what it's costing you to run stuff or rather this is what it should cost. And like, I think, and we talked about this a few episodes ago and since I finally shown up uh, now, uh, like, like that would be phenomenal just to like know what these things cost. And I think it would like ultimately optimize the entire enterprise software buying cycle if we uh, kind of had a good notion of, of what it costs. So I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to here uh, for, for this first thing. But I think so, but I, what I come in, get back to this whole thing with is sort of like, it's, it's interesting just from a, every level of the business. It's like, so first and foremost, I guess you kind of start if like the CEO. So maybe Jason, his other co-founder is mm. sort of like. He went hey. on sabbatical though. So I don't know who's running the show. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess well, whoever he was charged. Yeah. He wasn't there to keep, keep DHH in check. So he's yeah, like, I guess oh, the question, we're moving yeah. to the cloud. Yeah. My question is just like, sort of like this, because I mean, I think if you're just running the business, it's like, okay, so this is a very much like a private equity type move. It's like, okay, we don't expect much growth. So it's like, I mean, I think you have to start with, okay, let's just, I'm just going to say like we're saving a million dollars a year. It's like when they Uh started this whole conversation was there like, did anyone have any ideas about like, well, what could we do with an extra million dollars? Like, should we, we could save the money and just pay ourselves higher salaries is always a good idea. Go on sabbaticals or like were there new features for Hay or for Basecamp or something else? Because what you would like to think is to say like, hey, let's not worry about uh, the the cost of running it right now um, because let's we grow. see a, a way to grow the business significantly. Right. We want this to be whatever, you know, whatever their goals are. So. So to me, like when I look at this, I say to myself, well, they didn't have any of those ideas. Right. There was nothing. And that mm. seems fair. Right. <laughs> there was like email is email. Hey, emails, as good as it's going to get, there's only going to be incremental features to it. 
Basecamp. Haven't logged it in years. Have no idea what's going on there. It was fine when I was logged in it before, but you know, you're not doing anything. So now you're just at a point like we're just taking out cost, right? And it's like, okay. And then you got to go through the question of like, well, like how else can you take out costs other than reducing your infrastructure, right? So I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, so they, that's why they didn't call the Oracle sales guy. Right. I was going to say they had that conversation, <laughs> right? They're like, okay, we've done everything else to reduce costs. And now it makes the most sense for us to spend time and money writing this out. And I like, I'm just going to say it like this way. It's sort of like, it seems their assumptions seem reasonable. There is a lot of risk here. You're going to have to thread the needle a little bit, right? Like a couple bad uh, Dell servers out of warranty, right? That just, you know, a CPU or a drive that dies that isn't in the service contract. You'll probably find yourself, you have to go, you know, buy more. It probably won't happen, but that's one uh, specific thing. Or if you suddenly had a big uptick in growth, like what would you do, right? You'd have to buy more servers or you'd have to go back to the cloud. So there's just lots of kind of like nuance inside of this around, like if everything went well, and I think it it probably will, you probably will get the savings, but you're still kind of like, you know, if you will, you've capped your yeah. savings here, right? The most yeah. you can save is a million dollars versus like running the business. What else could let, you let, have done? Let, let me, I don't, I don't know an extremely articulate way of putting this, but I, I think, I think uh, maybe a couple of years ago, I, I expressed this thought, which is, so, so the three of us and, and many of our listeners are old enough to remember the time before public cloud. Uh, and like, I feel like, more or less, except for a small handful of people, the less public cloud, if, if, if you are selling software and computer stuff, more or less, the less public cloud there is, the better off you'll be, right? Because, the, you know, <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of like, um, if you are in the cable business, uh, streaming is not good for you. Right, like you have, you're forced to adapt, and you've got to like change the way you do things. Right, and right. Like- we fear change. Right, right, and 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 insert the last five years of Ben Thompson talking about cable bundling and streaming and the NFL and NBA and all that. Right, and so it's just like, well, sure, you got to evolve and do things, and you can figure it out. And nobody like, wants it'll to be, do that. Yeah. It'll be fine. On the other hand, it's sort of like or not. Right. Like like it would be great if uh, that whole thing didn't happen. Well, because because all those enterprise software companies are probably thinking, you know, we finally got this thing figured out. <laughs> We're going to be making our 15 percent profits every quarter. Mm-hmm. It's all blue skies ahead. I don't care what those booksellers in Seattle are doing. Uh, we've got this enterprise software game figured out. You know, Cisco's spinning out, spinning in They're You know, they're acquiring companies like crazy. You know, no limits. You know, enterprise software is the name of the game. And now. Now they're like, you know, the Dell reps are getting excited about a 600K deal because it's the only one they're seeing for the next five years from these guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And Well, but I think even further, if you just kind of read this, I mean, another way to read this whole post is, you know, DHH runs a SaaS company. SaaS is good. Outsourced email is good. That's the way we should do it. But he yeah. does not like infrastructure as a service. He's like, that is bad. That is wrong. Because you can kind of take this to the logical extreme and say like, you know what? for me, not for you. Yes. I was going to say, turns out you can run an, nobody knew this. I'm going to let this, I'm breaking news. Turns out you can run an email server yourself. You can just host it yourself and not have to use Hey Mail, right? So that would be like, maybe we should all do that. Like, and of course, I'm sure they use plenty of SaaS services for accounting, for all the things. Expense what what thing, we do all the, the things, day, right? It was like 80 for the average startup so of like, like five we, people. You can get rid of all of these. You can be like, you know what? We've, we've looked at it. I don't, we, it turns out we can run all of this. We can run sugar CRM. We don't need any of this stuff. So I think it's just sort of like one of these things. It's just like, 
it's you know it's just very in um inconsistent in my my way of thinking it's like hey the reason you don't do that the reason we don't run our own email servers is that sure maybe we could you know up a, a server from Dell for a lot less than six hundred thousand dollars, and I'm sure we can maybe find a way to do it cheaper. But we just think we have other things to spend our time on, and so maybe in this one instance, because it is so core to their business that one SaaS application at this relatively small company makes uh, a lot of sense for them to host it, and that they don't have the need because the other things they don't talk about at all, especially at a reasonably large enterprise, is like so many people struggle to spin up new servers when they need to do things, right? Like if, you know, if, I think back to our days, you were mentioning it, Cote, before. It's like you had to actually call Dell that to ship a new server. You had to wait a long time to actually get new capacity, right? And so if you're a large company, those benefits, like they, they're just, they don't need them. They don't care about them, right? So that's a whole thing they're not kind of showing. So I just think like this real broad brush of like, this is the only way to run this kind of SaaS application is just, I mean, it's really misguided. Like I like the numbers, but man, you know, extrapolating this to like be much bigger is like you are getting yourself in deep, deep trouble, in my opinion. It's the same story as Dropbox, right? They understand their business model. It's not growing. Put it on prem because, you know, capacity planning, we did it once and we're done for five years. And and, and I think I think it's worth uh, underlining. Uh, well, I don't know if you two would agree, but but something that's important to is it a distinction like like a, a comment here, which is. I'm not sure that our commentary is reflective of this individual decision. Like as Brandon was kind of saying, like, yeah, you know, for, for running your own thing, that's a customized email server. And then like project management thing that like you've written, like, sure, great, whatever. And then, and then I think more of, of the thought exercise is like, and therefore does this apply to every other workload in the world? Right? Yeah. Like how, how do we extend out the learnings here to, uh, to other workloads and is that is that like you know is that applicable right yep. and 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 i think that that is the question that i think is worth pondering and why like the spreadsheets and everything you know seeing where the blood work would be good now the other side of this <clears throat> which is uh, late breaking news which is great i think um and again like it's hard to think through this about like am i being ironic not ironic genuine cuz like i have all these feelings and emotions at the same time reading across this stuff right because like you know ultimately like i mean that's why i i and i assume you two have done this podcast and other things for so long is like this is like one of our major forms of entertainment the exciting <laughs> world of enterprise infrastructure tech world and so like whatever it may be it's fantastic right and so <clears throat> Very, you know, uh, as further, uh, you know, the the rolling campaign of this, there there were five principles posted about their their moving so here, and like, I want, you know, I think it's fair to. I think we gotta <clears throat> take them one by one, Coach. I, I would right, like right, to right. Read and, them and I, I, I just, I, I just, I just want to introduce this stuff. Like, I want to apply the uh, the way that I learned to study English back in the '90s, which was like, you appreciate the text itself disassociated from the the people who wrote it like you just want to like really have a close reading of the text itself not having any sort of like value that comes into it based on the author nor that is projected outward you're just like assume that you came across this just sort of like it was a piece of paper that has no name on it and you picked it up and you were reading it right. and i have to say this is some fantastic stuff like <laughs> like whatever is going on here is like i i could read this like 
many more times. It's just all right. Well, just... let's get going. Let's say it's okay. I'll read about the react. We'll, 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 you can guide us. You can be our discussion guide uh, uh-huh. to to keep it in the right. So so DHS five values about leaving the cloud. So number one, quote: We value independence above all else. Being Ugh. tracked in Amazon's cloud and having to suffer the indignities of outrageous pricing for new experiments like solid cash has been intolerable violation of this core value. And, and, and that's when I take the, 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 <laughs> end the quote. paper, that was the end of the quote. throw it up in the air. Because okay. I'm like, all right, so, so basically DHH is mad that his software has to run on computers. Right. Well, let's just go back. I mean, <laughs> I want to channel Kote what you're saying here. Let's just evaluate the text, right? It's like independence above all else and being tracked in Amazon. That's, that's just not correct, right? He's drawing a comparison. It's like, you're not trapped in Amazon Cloud. There are numerous other infrastructure as a service providers there are uh, that will provide all kinds of ways to do it. So I don't know why they pick on them, nor do I, I mean, this idea that like being in a public cloud or, you know, hosting something on the internet uh, in a cloud provider is being trapped is, is just not true. That's, there is no, like you can leave. In fact, they make it very easy to leave. In fact, if anyone would like to help migrate their workloads from anywhere to anywhere, I, I know someone you can talk to. That's me. Uh, so it's very easy to move these things around. So I just would say value number one to me is just incorrect. I don't know, Kote, how do you read the text? You know, you know I, I, I think I, I was thinking of this principle when, when you were going over like pricing before. And I think like what I focus on when I read this is the outrageous pricing intolerable violation and and this wording is just sort of like it is very much so like uh the author of this text does not like amazon i i I think i think and 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 it it makes you wonder right like like let's say that i am the the central north american regional manager right i read this and i'm going to call up the the Chicago rep that covers 37 signals, if that's not just farmed out to like someone else. And I'm going to be like, Jesus Christ, have you been like buying hot dogs for them instead of steaks? Like, like what, what <laughs> is this so intolerable mad. violation stuff? Like, like, exactly. I don't understand like, wow, but, what but went that, wrong but then here? The sales guys like, wait, 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 let me show you this guy's rants from the last, you know, 10 right, years. Right, right, right. And, and, and so you might be like, uh, Hey boss, uh, Kind of a handful here, uh, up up in Chicago. I mean, this is the city that that came up with Cards Against Humanity, and that's kind of leaked into the water supply here, right? And and so like, huh, you know, we got the insurance companies; they're cool. But like, once you kind of go into the startup scene, it's a they think we're intolerably violating them, and like, and so like, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm, you know, the other thing is, I I I could understand. If you, to your point, Brandon, that you're like, you're forced into this box and you find it, this is the, the, the next thing that doing this, this reading that strikes me is like, wow. And, and the, the thing is posted as, as the five principles, but like, we're straight into some fucking hardcore ethics here, right? <laughs> we're just like, goddamn, we're talking about core humanity stuff here, right? Someone has- Intolerable. Someone, someone has the United Nations. This will someone not has, stand. Someone has essentially forced, nay, enslaved someone <laughs> into this intolerable condition where they. I mean, this is Cory Doctorow like uh, territory here, where it's just sort of like, 
you know, let's make some clip art of some money bag people like extracting out money from you in in a uh, a violation of of what you're doing here. So so strong statement, right? And I think I think the answer that many of us would have is like, have you heard of multi cloud? <laughs> Which indeed, to your point, right, there's a bit of a contradiction here, which is totally cool, right? Like a solution that has been arrived at does not necessarily contradict the need to have come up with that solution. But a solution was arrived at that, like, actually, we're not trapped. We can leave. Exactly. <laughs> and they did leave. And that's what's even funny, right? That's the whole thing. All right. Value number two. We serve the, quote, we serve the Internet. The business owes the entire existence to the societal and economic operation that is Operation that is the internet, a place for commerce and more that's not owned by any one company, any one country. Free trade and free expression on a scale never known to humans before. We will not contribute to the erosion of those ideals by voting with our dollars for further consolidation of the servers that run this beautiful free haven into the hands of a few hyperscalers. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, this is like... I don't... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I feel like this is like if you trap Bruce Sterling in a room. And you took all the people that he loved, and in front of them, you, like, stabbed all of them and killed them. This is what Bruce Sterling would turn into. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but I'm, I'm loving this one. Th- this one, like, I had oh. not noticed until you read it around the word aberration. And I've got to uh-huh. say, like, oh, fantastic. We yeah. do not encounter that word enough. And, like, this, the- like, 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 my second thought here, and at this point, I'm just kind of, like, reacting to what's happening, is, like... I mean, I've only been to D- Denmark once, right? <laughs> and, like, I stayed in this lovely place, like, on, on a man-made river. And this guy was actually, like, a, a, a somewhat famous stunt uh, actor. Um, but he had moved into, he set up his own, this, this guy's who, house we stayed in. He set up this kind of institute of, like, holistic living and kind of working in harmony. And he also, like, there's this uh, Danish practice of putting together these paper puppet shows where you move around the paper. It's not silhouette stuff, if I remember. It's actually like, you don't see the silhouette of the paper things. But it was very gentle and nice. And he was like, oh, welcome to my house. It's very nice. You can look at the paper uh, house things, but please don't touch them. And so, like, my impression of, of, of uh, Denmark is, like, they're pretty cool and relaxed. And, like, something happened here, right? Like, like I don't know what's going on in Chicago, but, like, this this dude has changed, right? Like... <laughs> And, and, and like, I'm, I don't know if it's good or bad, but this is some, this is some like straight up like Hunter Thompson shit happening right here. Well, I think for sure, if we have to have Tyler Cohen interview DHH, I feel like that, oh, like, oh, I think oh, the whole free trade, phenomenal. free expression, like I just say, if there's ever been a, a pairing that needs to me, I don't even know, like, just the whole, even the beginning of the sentence, we served the internet, like, like what, like, what do you mean? The internet has to be served. Like it doesn't, and, and that there, part like, to me doesn't even make any sense. So, so this part, maybe this is why, like, I really like this principle so much is like, I feel like. I feel that, right? Like I, you know, like you two, I am the, let's say first, because never mind what was happening in the 80s with people sending emails between Stanford and CMU and all that crap. But like, you know, I, I am of the first generation of the internet, right? And so I remember the Clue Train Manifesto and like all that stuff mm-hmm. where like, yeah. where like the internet was this like, I guess they call it the California ideology or whatever, the new aesthetic, like all this stuff, like... I know what's going on. Like, I feel this, right? Like, the, the internet was going to be this, like, fringeware, liberating right. thing. And, now, and yeah. now we have this intolerable violation of our core ethics and beliefs. 
right and oh, so like this is some some early 90s austin getting channeled right here i i i think what you have here is let's look at the last thing and maybe move on the beautiful free ha- haven has has i'm adding words here has fallen into the hands of a few hyperscalers again cory doctorow right there right like except amped up right like it's like Corey Doctorow has been like crossbred with Hunter Thompson and Matt Taleb or whatever that guy's name is. And we've got that right there. Yes. Yes. I think that one says that. Our number three here was we spend our money wisely. The cost of the cloud is grotesque in several key instances, whether it's big iron databases, large NVM storage, or just the latest, fastest compute. We're paying as much to rent the donkey every few months as it would cost to buy it. When that's the case, you should own the donkey. We will spend our money on her own hardware and our own people. Everything else will get the squeeze. So I <laughs> I just want to summarize this one as we get to squeeze our own donkey. Yeah. I think that's just well, I think this is just the classic, like if we don't own it somehow, somehow if we don't own it, it's not as good. Like Wait, what, is, uh, things, what is what is NVME where everything's it's, capitalized uh, except the E? It's the fastest SSD storage. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Now this next one, I think that I think we spent enough on money here. The next one, number four here. So we lead the way. Cloud has been sold as the answer to SaaS companies like ours for a decade or more. I bought the narrative. We bought the narrative. The narrative is not true. Cloud has its place and we use it well with the launch of Hey, for example. But the that place is a minority perch. Most SaaS businesses of our size above should be owning their infrastructure rather than renting it. We will pave the path ideologically and technologically for others to follow that conclusion. So I like this one because it's like it actually right in the middle it uh, is contradicts itself. She's so like the cloud is bad. The narrative is not true, but they did use it to develop. Hey, which seems like the whole point, right? Like you don't want to have to shell out five million dollars for the hardware to start. It seems like, well, yeah, just spin up some servers, get it going. And then when you get your workload where you want it, you can make an intelligent decision. So that one, I just like, I like it when the it, the contradiction is like literally like just one sentence apart. So Kote, what are your thoughts? This one should have been deleted. It's not a principle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, so I think comment is just a comment about them. I guess that they, the fact I, that I mean, I mean, the, I mean, light, the, right? the, the problem is you can't have four of anything. That's bullshit. You got to have three, <laughs> five, seven, or nine. You, you need right? a good like, odd number. Yeah. And so if you if you cut four, you got to cut another one to get down to three. So maybe you reword this because like this is more of like a statement about historically what's happened. It's not an this expressive. is a conclusion, right? Right, right. It's not an expression of these about, principles, and we lead the way. Right. I, I mean, I like the we lead the way, but then the explanation falls down, right? Like, like the explanation that follows the we lead the way is more kind of a rallying cry of like the leader who's up there uh, talking to the troops or the sysops or whatever the case may be. Uh, the leader is, is doing the thing where you tear down uh, the, the, the sort of Nietzschean like um, – not Zarathustran. I guess it is Zarathustra. Well, not, this is the birth of tragedy thing where you, you tear down the main character so that the audience kind of like rushes in and identifies with them. And then when you build this main character back up, right, like you have that rising crescendo that we've seen in all the movies, right, then everyone rallies around it, right? So the leader has to sacrifice themselves to say they've fallen prey to this narrative, things have gone poorly, and then you rally people behind it. But that's not a principle. That's like a rhetorical move to like excite people. So we lead the way is cool, but it's not really expressed in the explanation of like what that means and how we action that. 
I like it. All right. Well, the fifth and final one here, we'll wrap it up on the subject here. It was, was this one quote, we seek adventure quote, make little, make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood and probably themselves will not be realized. Make big plans, aim high in hope and work. I guess that's a quote from Daniel Burnham. Uh, and then it says, it goes on to say, uh, quote, we've been at this business for over two decades to keep the fire alive. We should continue to set our standards high, keep our values on us and press forward into new territories on all fronts. Otherwise, we will shrivel. We don't need to be the biggest. We don't need to earn the most, but we do need to continue to learn, to challenge and to aspire. Wow. So, yeah, OK, this is, this final, is, final is, one. What do you think on the seeking <clears throat> adventure? There's only two flaws I can think of. Otherwise, perfect. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, so the first flaw, well, it's not a flaw. It's a distraction, right? Like, uh, and you know, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I gotta say like using someone else's quote at this point is like, we haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so all of a sudden we're introducing, I don't know who Daniel Burnham is or Burnham or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I see what's going on here, but whenever you put a quote or an epigraph or whatever from someone else, that requires extra work on the reader's part to say like, oh boy, I got I to gotta patch out of what I'm doing here. I've got to read this thing. I've got to interpret it. I've got to recontextualize it back into the thing that I'm patching back into and see how it relates. And then as I read further, I've got to like have in my mind, I stick it in my cache to see how it relates to the stuff and kind of like adds momentum to it, right? This is a lot of fucking work to make a reader go through. (laughs) Not to mention which, you have this very distracting semicolon. Make big plans, semicolon, aim high in hope and work. Now, I love a semicolon, right? Like like if I see a sentence that has uh, a colon and a semicolon, I'm like fucking A plus work. (laughs) Like I love that. You got to run with that. But like, like I think for something like this, if you're using a semicolon... Not cool. Second of all, uh, it says like uh, there's no period uh, closing this comment, which makes me think they edited out the uh, the rest of a quote that might have said something. But if you do that, you need an ellipses following work. So this is very distracting. You just cut that right now. The other thing that I would say, uh, if if you know, I think the use of the word shrivel is like, bro, if you wrote something that was controversial about DEI, don't use the word shrivel. Or, you know, like, or, or D, whatever, whatever it may be. Like, if you're already on thin ice with, and, and you're also in Chicago town because of your company and the Cards Against Humanity, that's kind of like a little testy about, like, you know, masculinity stuff. Don't use the word shrivel. Not cool, right? Like, you can use the all, just get a little Roger in there. You can figure something out. That word is very distracting in there. However, those two things aside, this is the strongest part of it, right? Because what it gets to is like, and 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 I agree with this. Like, and then I'll get I'll get to the uh, how we extend this to other people. Like, I think this this is how you rally. Whatever we may have said or be thinking, like, yeah, this is true. Like, this is <clears throat> let's go. This is the positive version of resume driven development, and uh, um, you know, not invented here syndrome, right? Which is like we should be innovating. We should be thinking. This pairs up nicely with lead, we lead the way. And it also pairs up nicely with the we, we serve the internet. And it kind of escapes you from like the grumbling, the scroogey grumbling about spending money and things like that, right? Now, the, the issue with the We Seek Adventure is you have more or less invalidated this advice to be applied to enterprises, right? Because in this instance, if I'm the AWS or Oracle rep and um, I'm going to go have a meeting 
with uh, one of the big insurance companies in Chicago, and they're like, what do you, what do you make of this? And, and, and they send this <laughs> over here. <clears throat> like, if I'm the rep, I'm like, uh, well, okay, CIO, CFO, are, are you seeking adventure with your quarterly reports? Are, yes. are you going to enjoy swashbuckling? How's the stock market going to react to your quarter yeah. of adventure? <laughs> which, which, again, totally fine, but I think it does a good job segmenting out Ah, these are pirates we're talking about. And like, <laughs> well, I mean, the the best thing to me is is I'm I'm envisioning this as like the kickoff for a private equity rearchitecture meeting, right? You know, the company, mm. you know, hey, has just been bought by you know uh, some some big um, you know Tomo Bravo, and they're like, look, guys, uh, we've had we've had our fun. Uh, you guys went off. You spent a bunch of money on the on on this internet. But um, it's time to lead the way, and and we seek adventure. We're going to replatform your stuff, move it into a data center, take all the cost savings that we get out of that, and give a nice twelve percent return to our investors. We're leading this. <laughs> yeah, this is the yeah. adventure. Who's with us? Who wants to seek adventure with a fifteen yeah. percent pay cut? And I think you're hitting it perfectly, man. I think that's where this whole thing <laughs> sort of just like wraps on side of itself. It's the it's same like coin. A- after you start, after you finish this, and you go back to like, now what are we talking about? And they're talking about moving their email server from aws to on-premise right and it's yes. like that was the adventure that's the adventure they're seeking it's like this this is not you know it's what i mean not adventure. I just, and i think this is the part where like you know the tech bro whatever like some of the things i don't like other criticisms but this is probably where it is it's just like everyone's changing the world and it's like no you're you're moving your workloads from aws to your own hosted co-location facilities right and you know you've, you've you're painting this as you know some call to arms that as if we're like having some revolution. And I, and I think again, like I don't know, Dave, exactly you said this, but I think most of this advice isn't going to apply to anyone, right? Like I don't think we seek adventure is the to your uh, very well said thing. Like we're not going to the executives to tell them we want to uh, seek adventure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I have two more comments, and then and then we can move on to bureaucracy. One. Uh, my, my only other editorial note here or, 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 you know, editor's note is like, let's look at the last part. This, this is the thing you learn when you study how to do text reading, never skip over anything. There were five principles. And then there's two, you could say three, if, if you count contractions as, as, you know, words, but, uh, two more words, let's go period. (laughs) Now I've spent a lot of time thinking about these last two words, more importantly, the punctuation used. And and I feel like we we have like there's been this series of cloud repatriation posts that have been so like fueled with like energy and thrill and swashbuckling adventure. And at the end of the journey, to end it in a period, I feel like I don't know what's going on there. It leaves me confused and unsettled, right? I feel like, and not only that, like we have this let's go thing, right? Uh, and 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 like let's go. Oh, right. Like that, that's, that's like what a period does. Like you need, you need an explanation point there, right? If there's any, and in fact, has he used an explanation point in this whole thing? Let me, let me search for that. Like if there is any, okay, there's one when he talks about when that's the case, you should own the donkey. Interesting. Now, I don't know his style well enough, but a dry humor, which I'm not sure if that's what he is. If you said, when that's the case, you should own the donkey, you would put a period there, right? Because you want to, like, mm-hmm. wait wait mm-hmm. for laughter, wait for laughter, right? You don't want to have to, like, call out that this is a funny statement. So I would move that explanation point or bang 
as people used to say, after let's go and move that let's go period up to after the donkey. And I think right right then, <clears throat> aside from my comment about the um, uh, number four, what follows after we lead the way is, is needs to be re-edited. I think you've got a great manifesto. And so, <laughs> so my second thing there is like, I love all of this. I'm all for it. I want to see more of this out there. Like, I think, I think every, like, what I want to see is our, our buddy Slotman over at Service Now write these, this series of posts. Like, I think that would be the first thing. Let's get a, a Aloha guy to write this. I think that would be great. All the big SaaS companies, big and small, they should be writing some missives like this. A, a three to five part, like, a blog series uh, talking about how repatriation is good and um, that um, there's an intolerable violation of their core violations, uh, their, their, core, their core values about uh, spending on public cloud. Or, and, or, or maybe some of them put in the effort to be more cloud native friendly and, you know, aren't having the same problems. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. I, I, I think after talking through this, and, th- and this is what you hope for in like kind of a, a liberal artsy analysis stuff. You want to go in, you might have a notion of how you feel about it. You want to talk through it kind of review it and you're going to like you're going to find out one you still know nothing that's always valuable but two it's going to change your mind about things and i I think this is this is all fantastic this is good (laughs) stuff so that said brandon do we have any bureaucracy this week (laughs) (laughs) oh let's see here we do have a few things uh this week so first matt i guess this is uh I don't know. You're you're our uh, official APAC correspondent, but I got some disturbing news. Craig, friend of the show, says that they do not refrigerate their eggs in New, in New Zealand. And uh, I don't know. Can you confirm or deny? Does does Australia and New Zealand they have different opinions on uh, egg refrigeration? Do. I don't know. I mean, right. I think uh, you know. In all fairness to Craig, I, like you know, he's out he's out in the the sticks of, of New Zealand. So who knows what you know, so it those, could those, like, be. He could just be doing roaming. his own yeah. thing there, huh? Yeah. All right. Well we'll get to the bottom of this. I'll send uh, Matt Ray will be chartering a jet to New Zealand and <laughs> Over doing a, here a in sample. Cosmopolitan Sydney. Uh, we're refrigerating our eggs. Yeah, I guess this goes back a couple uh, episodes. Uh Cote, you know, we did uh, I guess we posed the question to you. You did confirm that you do carry uh keep your eggs uh on the counter. And, on the right. counter, kind of oh. next next to the butter, you said. I think you got to eat yeah, it fast. Yeah. Next to the butter, I, we keep our eggs between the butter and the air fryer. And <laughs> I, I, I would like to tell our our uh, Dutch listeners, it's a Philips air fryer. So you know, we're trying to. Oh, uh, there you go. Keep, keep the money in country here. Keep it in the country. Oh, good. Yeah, All right. Also, I want to thank. Uh, we didn't get to it this week, but uh, we have been talking a little bit about. Um, maybe media companies should host their own Mastodon servers. So uh, there's a mm. good article. I'll put a link in here. Uh, about the FT, Financial Times, because they tried it and uh, didn't go so well. A lot of uh, potential legal ram- ramifications. So it was, it's interesting. So yeah, uh, go ahead and check that out. And then I just want to let everyone know, because you know, Christopher, he took advantage of it. Uh, but anyone can send us a question anytime. Just send it to questions at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Uh, you don't, I'm, I'm happy to send you a sticker, of course, and you can do that by just sending your mailing address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. And I'll be happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world, or you can just send us a question or a comment like Christopher did this week, and uh, we'll probably mention it on the show. So thanks for everyone for uh, all their support. And there are uh, several conferences coming up. Most notably, uh, both Matt Ray and I will be at the Southern California Linux Expo, better known as Scale. Uh, And this is going to be week after next, uh, which will be, I don't know, March 9th to 12th. Um, It's one of these conferences that runs through the weekend, which is fun uh and um i think both of us are speaking there also devops days 
L.A. is going on during that same time. And, uh, you know, it's dangerous uh, when Brandon's not involved to plan anything. But we'll try to have, like, uh, we're working on having a live recording and maybe even a meetup uh, if, if there's any listeners there. Whether they're in the... I realize that saying the L.A. area is like saying the Central Texas area. Like, it's, it's a gigantic <laughs> area. But whether there's, you know, people who are going to the conference or not, listeners who would the like Pasadena to show Pasadena area. Yes, Pasadena. The, we'll, we'll try to figure something out. And, of course, we'll notify people in the show here. Uh, but if you'd like to attend that... There's two discount codes you can use. We have one that is DevOp. Uh, it's DevOps without the S. And also, I went to verify that they ask us to use this. There's another code, which is Speak, that gives you 50% off the uh Oh, okay. That one is official. Price. I wasn't sure. I took that out. All right. So I'll add that back. Yeah, they were I like, you use this with your followers. And I was like, okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and and I assume they don't mean my cult followers because I don't let them. They have. I think it's fellow rabble rousers. Yes, Yes. yeah. And uh, there's also uh, Pi Texas, a Python event, April first to second in Austin, and of course uh, here in Amsterdam there'll be KubeCon uh, April eighteenth to twenty first. Yeah, where I I will be where we uh, they we're a media sponsor for it, so uh, hopefully we'll get to go to like. We'll see what the press and analyst uh, events are like. That'll be fun, huh, Matt? Well, I, I did it in, in Detroit, and you know, hopefully, Brian, uh, we're we're gonna get to do it uh, again. So maybe maybe whatever we learn at scale about you know co-located events, we'll do again in in uh, Amsterdam. I'm thinking Only we'll of, do it at Cote's house. You know, you know, I I I, I believe that all of the Columbo episodes are in archive.org. So I'm thinking I'm gonna buy a trench coat and kind of train up on Columbo. And if they ask if there's any questions in the press room, I'm going to stand up and do my best uh, Columbo impersonation, <laughs> just sort of ask some questions. We'll see if that works out. Uh, and there's also uh, DevOps Day Birmingham, Alabama, April 20th to 21st. And DevOps Day's Austin uh, is May 4th and 5th in Austin. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on there. So with that, Brandon, what's your recommendation for this episode? Uh, my recommendation is a book called uh, Demon Copperhead. So this book, is, I guess it kind of edges up a little bit more on literature. I thought it was incredibly well written, but uh, I found this uh, review online of it. It said it's, it's a hard listen, pitch perfect writing. So it's uh, if you've ever seen the show Justified, it's kind of like a book about that world, you know, and it's about, uh, I guess in this case, uh, the childhood of uh, the main uh, character there. And it's told in the first person. I think the writing is great, but the book itself well, I think it's really, really good. It's definitely um, not, if you will, the most uplifting. So you kind of have to be in the mm. right mindset to to want to read uh, read something like this. Or I listened to it, and I thought actually on Audible, I thought the narrator did an excellent job as well. So if you're looking for something maybe like I don't know, maybe like a little bit deeper than at least some of the stuff I normally recommend, uh, check out uh, Demon Copperhead. Uh, if you're not, if you want something that's sort of escapism, maybe put this on the list for a later date. Don't read that one. Don't read it right now. So check it out. Right, right. For for maybe your uh your empty nest retirement situation where you're just like, God damn, I could use some drama in my life except worrying about <laughs> sharpening my kitchen knives. Like right. it, it might be something there. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend? Uh well, yeah, I have got a pair of recommendations. The first, of course, is if uh if we're talking about hey, uh you gotta you gotta link to the uh the He Man remix of Hey What's Going On. So <laughs> that's in the show notes. Uh it's been added to Slack. Uh so you're in on the joke now. Uh, go watch it if uh, if you haven't seen that. Uh, my other pick is a, a show that I started watching a while ago, and then for whatever reason I stopped and started picked up back up again. 
uh, called Peep Show. And it is a BBC show from uh, the 2000s. Um, it's the inner monologue of uh, two roommates. And it, it continues that genre of shows about terrible people. You know, Seinfeld, uh, Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, it, it's had some of the most cringeworthy laugh out loud moments uh, of, of recent shows for me. So uh, it gets worse. That's all I could say is <laughs> she continue to watch it. It gets worse and worse and worse in a mm. funny way intolerable maybe intolerable <laughs> well my recommendation uh is uh I, f- I forget how long this exhibit is going i think i think it's actually going qu- for quite some time so here uh here at the reichs museum you know the the uh i don't know the 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 state museum of uh of the netherlands here in amsterdam they have a vermeer exhibit and i think i think um you know that's uh one of the dutch master painters uh you probably know the girl with the uh, the pearl earring, maybe the milkmaid. Those I think are his two most famous ones. Um, but I think they have the most Vermeers that have ever been in one place, uh, which you can go see. And I think it's booked out until like March or so. Um, I mean, if you really want to see it, what you can do is you can buy the uh, the Friends of the Reichs Museum pass, which I think is like seventy euros um, a year, and you can just go in if you're really desperate. I mean, it's not that much to pay if you work in tech to see some great art, but, um, you know, I have two things to say. One, it's like crazy different to see an, a Vermeer painting in person. It's like much different than prints and posters. And, and I don't know, maybe it's ridiculous to say, but it's just like so luminous and glowing. So it looks a lot different to see it in person versus like, <clears throat> I don't know, you go see the Mona Lisa and you're like, yep, moving on. Right. Like there, there's really, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't find any much impressive about the Mona Lisa. It's just there. Uh, but these Vermeer things are like amazing, right? Uh, to to go see in person. And two, like, like I can kind of see how Vermeer is not at the same cultural appreciation of like a Rembrandt because Vermeer basically he kind of paints the same three things over and over again. So there's not a lot of variation now. It's great and fun to look at, but like after a while, you're like, I get it. You're gonna put someone in front of a window and paint them. Awesome. Like, love the result. But there's not. Uh, it's kind of like the people who like keep doing APM uh, companies over and over again. <laughs> Anyhow, it's worth checking out, despite what I was just saying there. It's wonderful. Uh, it's very, uh, very moving to go see. So you should go uh, check that out. Now, with that, other things you should go check out is the Software Defined Talk Slack channel, where we discuss these things and all sorts of other topics. Uh, not only food, I understand there's some discussion of sports or something, uh, but also like we've got a good channel going on AI stuff where every now and then Brian Gracely of the, uh, the Cloudcast uh, podcast comes into the ChatGPT channel, and I haven't quite figured this out, but he likes to do a little drive-by link dropping. He'll just drop a link in there with no commentary, and I feel like this is a very, it's a very Gracely move here to sort of just be like, boom. And like his commentary is based on his selection. So that's a fun thing to watch in the Slack channel is to be like, what is he thinking when he puts this in there? What's, what's going on there? Because there's no commentary. But if you want to join that, that uh, check out that channel and other things. You can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com and you can see where to join our Slack. You can also find links to all sorts of stuff we didn't talk about here and how to subscribe to this podcast. If you're wondering what you've been listening to this long, it's a podcast you should subscribe to. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Hey. I, I think I think at this point in in my life of things I watch with my daughter, I could write like a fucking postgraduate 
work dissertation on Hilda. Like, and, and pretty soon I'm going to be able to wa write it on DuckTales. And I'm going to try not to say, hey, really loud, just for Aaron.